the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And we have football. The NFL season is officially arriving tonight in the most craptastic way imaginable. Oh, yes, the annual NFL Hall of Fame game. Uh, although we didn't have it last year, it is now back in the mix. We got the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers and a battle of backups here, Lundy, in the opening stanza of this preseason slate. And right now, uh, the Steelers at BetMGM and at Bet Rivers. Favored by one and a half uh, with a total of 33 pretty much universally across the board. There were a couple of books had it 32 and a half. Favorite bet at any legal sports book that you have seen that you are locking, that you are loading because you are a complete and utter degenerate tonight with football on your television screen. Well, I, I think it's rude of you to start off today's podcast with so many insults um, about, <laughs> that are all very about, my betting, about my betting habits, sir. I, I, I think you need to just kind of settle down there a little bit with you and your, uh, and your insults. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, my favorite is actually – I like the Steelers. I'll give up the points. I know the line has moved and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you can also snag the Steelers just to be ahead at halftime. Oh, Um, And I got that at William Hill at minus 105. Um, And so, obviously, I think the Steelers have the edge with the backup quarterback, uh, with Mason Rudolph. And therefore, I believe that the Steelers can get out to the first half lead, which gives me a pretty nice opportunity at William Hill, because, again, it's only minus 105 uh, for the Steelers to have the lead at halftime. Yeah, I like that wager quite a bit. I I do like the Steelers as well. I got it early today uh, before the line moved at DraftKings. I took the Steelers minus one, had to pay up on the juice at minus 125. But even if uh, Yar, Captain Hook, is in play at BetMGM or BetRivers at one and a half, I would still would pound the Steelers, not touching the total at all. But I agree with you. You know, Nashi Harris is going to get a little bit of run. Uh, Mike Tomlin has said, you know, maybe we'll play a series or two. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a game of backups. And the backups of the Steelers are much better on paper. At least they have more experience than those of the Dallas Cowboys. You mentioned Mason Rudolph. I'm all about Dwayne Haskins, man. All the dollars for Dwayne. Take me there. Take me to the river. Dip my head in the water. Let's go, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I think he's going to put up some nice numbers uh, in the second half, especially against his Dallas defense, uh, which we have said before, overly generous last year. And so far in training camp by local beat writer accounts, very much a work in progress. And, oh, if you like the odds boost, DraftKings has it boosted for Pittsburgh to get the win and the over on 33-and-a-half hitting at plus 290, which is also kind of enticing. But I think I'm just going to stick with the Steelers minus one and a half. With that, on this hashtag Tequila Thursday, bartender, pour us another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, Lundy, let's start off with today's Twitter subject matter, and that is Patrick Mahomes. You got to roll with my Mahomes. 40.5 40.5 passing touchdowns against submit your vote and your comments uh, at uh, Twitter. Uh, my handle at Noisy Huevos. Were you over or under on this line? 40 and a half passing TDs. 
uh, minus 111 either direction at Ben MGM. And Lundy, I am on the under here on Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I'm fading him, and uh, that is probably going to be an exercise in futility. But I'm going to roll with it anyway. 50 touchdowns. Remember, he had three seasons ago, a couple of seasons ago, just 26 and 14 games. And last year, he, he sat out a game, and he had 38 passing TDs. And what's astonishing about Mahomes, you know, with all the banner production that he has put up, just the sick numbers across the board, you know, last year he was QB 28. And red zone completion percentage, which is mind-blowing to me. QB 22 in deep ball completion percentage. And QB 16 in adjusted completion percentage. We've yet to see the best, maybe, of Patrick Mahomes. Could he get back to that 50 TD level? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's going to be more of a balanced attack. I think he's going to be right around 575, 580 attempts yet again. And here's the downside, Lundy. Yeah, you might say, well, Evans, he's going to have a 17-game season. Sure, but if Kansas City rolls, as most expect they will, there's a good shot he's going to sit out week 18, and then that diminishes your chances of the overhitting. So I think he's going to be right there in that 38-39 uh, touchdown range, and a lot of the prognosticators agree. Mike Clay's got him for 36, Jeff Ratcliffe at 38 in fantasy football today has him pegged for 40 passing TDs. So fade or follow, Patrick Mahomes. My under 40-and-a-half passing touchdowns, minus 111 at BetMGM. I've got him at three dozen, baby. I'm putting him right at 36, so I am going to tuck just underneath this. I'm taking week 18 out of the mix as well. Uh, I'm right there with you. I I think he winds up not playing. Uh, I think they are uh, sitting everybody by the time they get to that final week and they've got the opportunity to just roll into the playoffs. What do we get? Is it Chad Henney? Is that who we get? Who is the backup? You know, we should do like a trivia contest. Name that backup. I don't even know like a third of them. Right now. It's, it's got to be somebody. It's going to be somebody weird. Uh, but anyway, I also think, though, that you're right. I think they're going to try to balance things out a little bit. I think you get uh, I, I think you get CEH in there. I think you get Daryl in there. I think you're going to wind up losing out some to rushing. And obviously, Mahomes can also do it with his legs. Um, so I think that's going to bring down that overall touchdown total. Forty one. That's what we'd need to hit the over. No way, man. Not happening. It is indeed Chad Henney. Winner, winner, chicken dinner for Nathaniel Lundy. Number four. All right, moving on. Uh, Let's talk another superstar player. This one for the Tennessee Titans, and this one that catches footballs for a living, not throwing them, and that is A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans. And I'm taking the over on 81.5 receptions, minus 115, available at DraftKings Sportsbook last season in 14 games, battling through a couple of knee setbacks in which he had surgery on this uh, offseason, early in the offseason, but He has been full go in training camp, and by local accounts, he has been crushing it, dominating so far, uh, you know, across the board there for the Titans. And, you know, last season, 106 targets, 70 catches is what he had, just over 1,000 yards with 11 touchdowns. Now you got Julio Jones in the mix, and hey, Julio was already dealing with some soft tissue issues. Shocker, Lundy, I know. Uh, But, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, Brown's not going to see the target share that he saw last year. I disagree. Uh, I think this team is, you know, it's got a lot of continuity. I think Ryan Tannehill will occasionally uncork. And with Julio Jones uh, being a favorite delicacy of the injury imp, a really good shot here that Brown is going to be thrust into, once again, a vigorous workload. Mike Clay's got to project it for 88. Jeff Ratcliffe, 82. Fantasy football today is under on 80. 
uh, but he was number 13 in air yards percentage last season, number two in yards per route run, uh, up there in terms of yards after the catch, and when targeted by Ryan Tannehill, a 126 QB rating. I'm all aboard the Brown bandwagon. So, again, give me the over. I think it's right around 85, 86, 87 receptions for him this season. Over on 81.5, minus 115 at DraftKings. Fade or follow. This is easy for me, Brad, because I think he hits 90. I'm Ooh. giving him the 9-0 Ooh. number. I think he crushes this number. And part of it is because uh, of Julio with the injury imp. But again, it, even the addition of Julio, Ryan Tannehill knows what A.J. Brown can do and therefore will continue to feed him the ball. Um, especially, I think, early in the season in some of the matchups that they've got, looking at Arizona, Seattle, the Colts, the Jets. I think they're going to feed A.J. Brown the ball, and I think because of that, his reception total is going to be high over the course of the first four or five games of the season, and he's going to cruise past this number. I'm much more along the lines uh, of what Mike Clay is, who I think you said had him at 88. Um, I, I think he gets to 90. I think this is an easy over for A.J. Brown. He will be the focal point of the passing game. Bet on Brown? Bet your damn bottom dollar you should. Number three. All right, let's move on to Cincinnati and, you know, a team uh, that's made some headlines here, and specifically Joe Burrow, as Paul Denner, who writes The Athletic, had a not-so-glowing report about Burrow's progress coming off that gruesome knee injury, subsequent surgery to repair and rebuild his knee. And he said he's just looked flat so far in training camp, uh, not throwing with a lot of zip. Uh, he's uh, you know exhibited some hesitancy, maybe a case of the yips, but he's got plenty of time to work through that, get over that psychological hurdle, and make sure that Everything is well greased in time for the Cincinnati Bengals opener against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, that one being played at home. So I'm not panicking about Joe Burrow, and I'm not panicking either about T. Higgins, even with Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd in the mix. I'm taking the over on 1,000.5 receiving yards for the sophomore soon-to-be sensation. Pull this one from FanDuel at minus 110 last season in his inaugural campaign in 15 games. 107 targets, 67 receptions, 908 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, he was more short field, intermediate field tied last year. His wide receiver 45 with a 12.8 average depth of target, just 8.7 yards per target. But as long as Burrow, again, can get over those humps, display the accuracy that we saw during his breakout campaign at LSU a couple of years ago, I think Higgins is going across the 1,000-yard threshold. Mike Clay's going for 1,003 yards. Jeff Ratcliffe, though, under at 942 in fantasy football today at 1,045. So, T. Higgins, Lundy, you're going to ride with me on the over 1,000.5 receiving yards, minus 110 at FanDuel. And just to add... He's looked great in training camp, added some muscle, and has been absolutely smashing DBs, but then again in Cincinnati's defense. Uh, yeah, first of all, it's Cincinnati's defense. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that statement, because if you didn't do it, I was going to do it for you. I am going to fade you, good sir, on uh, on this one. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and right now the chef doesn't look right, and that has me a little <laughs> bit concerned, Brad. Um, I, do I think Burrow's going to be going to get over it? Yes, but I actually think Cincinnati's going to be a little slow on the uptake, and because of that, I think that they're going to be uh, keeping the yardage totals down. I, I know T. Higgins has looked good, but it's a dependent position, man. He's dependent yeah. upon Burrow to be able to get those yips, 
get all of that uh, mental part of coming back from the injury solved, let alone the physical side of it. I think this is a phenomenal trio of wide receivers with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. I know that Burrow has got to be licking his chops, and he knows that he's got to step up his game. It's gonna, I'm telling you, man, this is between the ears right now for Burrow. And if he can get past that, he's going to be fine. But because there are some question marks as we sit here at the beginning of August, I'm going to fade this number. I say Higgins finishes just under 1,000 yards. Stick around for my top plays in Major League Baseball. Plus, oh, you guessed it, bonus time. Number two. All right, let's head to the MLB Diamond, good sir. And uh, yesterday, another split effort. It seems to be the theme of the entire week and some of the outcomes that uh, we've experienced uh, so far. But uh, we're going to get back in the saddle, and hopefully we're going to cash on all of our wagers tonight in Major League Baseball. And let's go to the Great American Ballpark. And I'm going to lay some action down on the Reds' run line. They got a run by a win by two runs or more against the Pittsburgh Pirates, minus 114. Pulled this one from FanDuel. We got Sonny Gray uh, gripping the seams uh, with Will Crow taking the mound for the Buckos. Will Crow, uh, we've been picking on him. And, you know, we've eaten a little bit of that crow here of late because he's, uh, you know, pitched decently, a 3.98 ERA in his last eight. But he's got to show his true colors because Cincinnati mashes at home. Uh, they have a 794 OPS inside the Great American Ballpark and an 821 post-All-Star break OPS as well. Cincinnati, two against Pittsburgh this season, one of their division rivals. Uh, they have covered the run line in five of six contest and I think that trend will only continue tonight so you gotta crank the big red machine with me this evening feed or follow Cincinnati on the run line minus one and a half minus 114 juice at FanDuel oh I like this one because I like the fact that we brought the juice down in a game that the Reds are heavily favored and the fact that they continue to do it against the Pirates this is something that you combine the fact that it's an opponent that they've been able to easily take care of with the fact that they are at home yes you put both of those together love this as a run line play and this to me uh, we, we talked a lot about our hammers yesterday on the podcast <laughs> or rubber Brad, mallets and, yeah yeah I, this one maybe not sledgehammer but we're getting pretty close i like the reds to run away with this one against pittsburgh oh i'm already drunk it is hashtag tequila thursday i'd say hammer it number one all right moving on my top play in major league baseball tonight let's get seduced by the juice on a player pop shall we here lundy uh give me timmy anderson timmy over one and a half hits against Kansas City at plus 140. Pull this one from Bet MGM. It's all about the pitching matchup for me and the fact that Tim Anderson has been raking here over the last month, batting 308. Uh, he's also in 290 against Southpaws, and he's got a pair of multi-hit games in his last five. He goes up against the youngster Daniel Lynch, who is a left-hander, who he has faced not once, but twice this season. And Tim Anderson, two for two against Mr. Lynch who, by the way, in his only turn of the rotation against the White Sox back in early May, uh, he didn't even survive the first inning. He got two outs and he got yanked because he gave up eight earned runs. Now, he's pitched better in his last couple of turns of the rotation, last 14 innings pitched, just three earned runs allowed. But I think Tim Anderson, oh, he knows all the idiosyncrasies. He is reading him like a book, and I think he's going to wrap a couple of hits into the outfield. So, again, give me the over. Tim Anderson, 1.5 hits against the Royals. At plus 140 on MGM. Fade or follow. 
fade. I'm oh, fading you on this man. one too. However, however, this is a sneak peek of bonus time, my friend, because okay. Tim Anderson is going to make an appearance. Oh. However, you brought it up. In the in his last uh, four games, he's only got one multi-hit game. He's only done it twice in his last 11. So I know that he's doing well. Part of the reason he's got that average up, he's finding himself on base. He's, he can draw the walks. He hasn't been doing the multi-hits. But, oh, sir, why don't we talk about some bonus time? Oh, yeah, that uh, is indeed an enticement and uh, quite the tease, my man. So let's do it right now. <laughs> Cannonball splash into it. Bonus time, Lundy. Show me your damn cards. All right, here's what we've got. And this one is going to be interesting for folks, depending upon what time of day you're listening to the podcast. Okay, so here's what I am going to do, though, Brad. Tim Anderson total bases over one and a half. And the reason I'm doing that is in 11 games against the Royals, he has four doubles and a home run. So he he's raking it. He's raking it into the gaps and he's taking care of making it to second base. So I'm going to go with the total bases, which means if you're right on multi hits, we both win. So we're going to wind up being okay. So I'm going to take the total bases. I'm going to put that with Bryce Harper to also have over one and a half total bases because he is absolutely en fuego right now. Um, But that's an afternoon game. If you want to put those two together, plus 234. However, if you're listening to the podcast a little bit later, I'll give you an alternative. Tim Anderson total bases over one and a half and Bo Bichette to have a single hit. That's all I need. Just a hit. If I put those two together, I get a plus 140. Also, bonus time for you. Give me the uh, White Sox on the run line, the Braves on the money line, plus 242. Oh, I do like that last one quite a bit. All right, I got a, uh, let's see, two bonus time picks as well. Give me the over in the Cleveland Guardians and Toronto Blue Jays game on 9.5, minus 110. Pull this one from DraftKings. We got Tristan McKenzie on the mound for the Guardians, a guy that's got a 6.11 ERA, 6.39. Yeah, this is a real number. 6.39 walks per nine. Also giving up 1.99 home runs per nine. Uh, that's a lethal mixture, Lundy. Uh, free passes and long balls. Uh, no bueno. And you got Ross Rippling for the Jays with a 4.75 ERA, though he only gave up one and run in his lone start against Cleveland way back in May. Uh, still, I think this is going to be double figures in terms of total runs between Cleveland and Toronto. And give me the under on the Twinkies. Three and a half runs, minus 125 at DraftKings. In Houston, you got Framber Valdez on the mound for the Strohs. Three earned runs or fewer in 10 of his last 12 starts. Uh, and a 3.00 home ERA. Yeah, Minnesota's gone over this twice in three games against the Astros. But remember, they traded off uh, a few key bats, namely Nelson Cruz at the deadline. So I think the Twinkies, uh, they're not going to surpass anything more than three runs this evening. All right, before we get out of here, Paul results, Paul results. Uh, where would you stack your chips on Patrick Mahomes' passing TDs prop uh, at BetMGM? And the line is 40 and a half. We had 379 submissions here, Lundy. And the over wins with ease at 65.7%. Uh, the under at 34.3%. All the power of name brands. Uh, some comments added. Uh, BJ says, yeah, I'll take the under with my clay. Uh, smart man. Uh, why are you booing me? I'm right. At Lucky Waffles says, if you 
extrapolate out that he says 16 games over three seasons pace is 40.533 as he play all 16 slash 17 read rest the starters in the final week if they have a bye I took the over but I might switch to the under sounds like somebody that has a splinter is up his keister ruckus says anger induced throwing for 50 and Mike Bloodworth says 17 games now that's nearly 2.4 per game if he plays all 17 I say over so you and I my friend uh, very much in the minority there. That is a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Uh, please follow Luddy on Twitter at Nate Luddy. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.